Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the NFL Scotland podcast. The best stadium foods, top toilets, cutest pet in the NFL. Which NFL player would you want as your Pokemon? Just some of the subjects that we're not going to cover this week. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. We're also not to be talking about that horrific blown call in New Orleans from January. Yes. No, we're staying true to our goal in life and keeping a firm focus on our Scottish point of view. To do that, we'll hear from David Ajabo on how life has changed from high school, Jim Harbaugh, and what he hopes to achieve in 2019. We've also been catching up with Cam Craig of the Carolina Havoc. As his season comes to a close, we find out how year one has gone and what the plan is for year two. As ever, we'll finish up with all the latest news, but let's kick things off with our chat with David Ojabo. So delighted to be joined once again by David Ajabo of Michigan University, the Wolverines. David, thanks for joining us. Um, right, so the season's really coming round pretty quickly. You've been with the team now for a while. How have things been going? Uh, real good. I mean, it was a it was a fast adjustment from high school to college, but uh, it took a couple of weeks before I got to got right with the speed, and uh, and now I'm feeling good about it. What's been the biggest difference that you've had to face into from school to college? Uh, definitely the fact that like it's just grown men around me now, uh, and like I'm in the real world now. So like every decision I make matters. Uh, from football to like my schoolwork, just everything. Yeah, a lot of pressure on the shoulders. But there's been a lot of chat already that you've you've grown not just as a human being, but actually physically. Uh, you've added on some pounds of muscle as well over the summer, so you've clearly been busy. Yeah, for sure. Right as soon as I uh, I touched down in Michigan, we got to lifting. So I've been lifting almost consistently for like five months now. So obviously the results are there. And what what difference has that made to your game then in training? Uh, I feel a lot faster. I've never felt this fast in my life. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really train uh, like so rigorously uh, while I was in high school, let alone in Scotland. So now I'm actually training uh, under the almost best staff in the country. I think I feel like I just feel fast. Yeah, but and it's a perfect opportunity for you to grow and learn. What about the guys that are already there then? Have you had much opportunity to play with the guys that are established in the team? I'm looking at, you know, the defensive guys. Aidan Hutchison is obviously a big player there. Um, Luigi Villian, his uh, pronunciation is probably terrible, but yeah. how have these guys been? Yeah, I actually, I'm actually in Luigi's house right now. He's, he's my big bro. He takes care of me. Uh, you know, I look up to him and... Uh, Everything they do, I try and replicate because I know, uh, you know, they've been they've been through here, so they know exactly what they're doing, and so, uh, you know, it's just good to watch them and grow, and watch what they do. And what what's the defensive scheme like? Why how does that differ from what you were doing at high school? Obviously, you would set up. You're you're sort of new to the game, so um, in the grand yeah. scheme of things, you know, you've picked up how you played at high school. How's that transition into the college way? Uh, and the scheme that you actually have to partake in? Oh, it's completely different. It's, I mean, it's, it's a lot more plays, I'll tell you that. So, like, it's just everything, everything's just a, a whole level up, and it was kind of crazy going from high school right into college. So, and it's a lot faster, <laughs> for sure. Uh, our defensive coordinator is all about carnage and 
yeah. speed and uh, just blitzing too. So if you don't got speed, I don't know you can survive in our in our defense. Brilliant. Um, so what's the goal for the season then? You know, are, are you likely to get some action this year? Obviously, we see players sometimes getting red-shirted and things like that. But is your hope that you're going to actually play this year? Yeah, my goal is to play this year. I don't plan on red-shirting. Uh, I've been working my butt off and uh, trying to get into some pass rush schemes on third down. And it's looking, it's looking good. I don't want to say anything so I don't jinx myself, but... I'm working hard and I'm doing this so I could represent Scotland. And have you spent a lot of time with Coach Harbaugh so far then? Oh yeah, for sure. He he I mean he's a busy guy as you can imagine, but now nah, he's in and out. Uh I see him from time to time and when I do he, he definitely stops to chat. He's a good guy. Brilliant. And have you made it back to Scotland this summer then, or are you starting to feel a bit homesick? Nah, I'm I'm not going back to almost New Year's, you know, I, I don't see my family for a long time, which is why my drive to play is even more because I it all got to be worth it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I'm not going to see my family for a while, so why not just give it all I got while I'm over here so the results can pay off? Absolutely, and obviously Scotland, very proud of everything that you've achieved so far. We're definitely watching this story. Um, yeah. You know, what What for you, come New Year, when you're coming home, what is it that you want to have achieved? Uh, I want to have, you know, touched the field. I want to have recorded a tackler sack and uh, just just do, some, do something special for myself, for my family, for my country, you know. Because you know, all this work I've put in, it can't be for nothing. So, but you know, I can't. I, I hold myself to a high standard. You know, I push myself every day. So, uh, I've I have big dreams. I have big goals. Now, obviously, in training, you're up against some of the guys that are playing on offense. Um, there's a few names in there as well. But I think the backup quarterback is Dylan McCaffrey, who, of course, yeah. is Christian McCaffrey's brother. So, yeah. have you had much opportunity to interact with the guys on the offensive side of things? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, it's not like we're split. Like, we're still one team. So, uh, yeah, I hang out with Dylan. You know, even when we're, uh, when we're playing football on the field, we'd be talking. But, nah, he's a fast guy. He's just like his brother. You know, like, he could, you know, if you don't if you don't get a hold of him, he's gone. So, nah, all these, all these guys are high-level players and also high-character players, too. No, absolutely. Brilliant. Um, so, if you were to sum up then, um, how would you describe this, the last couple of months? You know, if you were to just try to sum it up in a couple of sentences, what is it that you've been doing to make sure that you're absolutely at the peak of your ability and good to go? Uh, I've been taking every day, like, it's my last. Like, I've really just put in, put in all the work I can possible because I know that, like, come this season, I'll only have myself to blame if I'm not on the field, you know, so um, I go in the film room, you know, constantly texting with coach to uh, the D-line coach to see like all the schemes, just trying to figure out the game because you can't forget I'm new to this sport too. So, you know, I I just, I only have myself to blame uh, because I really feel I got the athletic ability uh, and the heart to play this year. And then we're going to finish with this one then. This is the important one. And we asked the same of Jamie Gillen now that he's training with the Browns. But what Scottishisms are you adding to the Michigan dressing room? What bits of Scotland are you taking to America? 
Yo, nah, I, I, I've taught them some lingo, you know what I'm saying? But nah, <laughs> nah but they, they they know me as a Scottish guy. Like, it's, it's well established that I'm Scottish. And, you know, I bring that peaceful mindset because, you know, America could be a little rah-rah. So, you know, us Scotsmen, we be chilling. So, you know, I, I brought that little peaceful mindset to the to the locker room so now it's good and uh, they, they've accepted me over arms and I feel comfortable around them obviously it's a big couple of months that you're going to have we hope to catch up with you again nearer the season start and hopefully you can make it through into that team and, and start showing them exactly what David the Jabo is all about for sure for sure well brilliant David thanks for joining us again alright thank you so a great catch up there Paul from David and great to hear that things are going really well for him as well it was great to hear he woke up more and more as the interview went on as well. I think you must have caught him early, did you? Yes. Um, <laughs> great of him to come on and share. And I, th- I think that's a really good thing that he still wants to talk and share and discuss what loads of people would love to have done, be good enough uh, you know, to go to what is a top, top college program. I mean, you're talking Jim Harbaugh. He knows Jim Harbaugh. Imagine how cool that is to be walking along a corridor and seeing Coach Harbaugh walking along. I, I love his attitude and fairly similar to, I think, one of the first times we spoke to Cam Craig, who we'll hear from later in the podcast, talked about, and Jamie as well, uh, out in Cleveland, talked about the change in body, how the intensive work changes the body and makes you sharper. You think you're fit, but really, if you were to then look back, you're not as fit as you thought. And just all that fine-tuning and toning sounds excellent. Yeah, and he's clearly uh, reaping the benefits, reaping the rewards from it. I think the most positive thing for me is the fact that, you know, you see a lot of players get redshirted in the first year. But here's David, who's really just got like a year and a bit of football experience, going into one of the top colleges for football in America, playing in the second biggest stadium in the world. And not only is he not talking about potentially being redshirted, he's looking forward to actually getting out in the field and, and proving what he's about. That speaks volumes as to the calibre of player that he already is, never mind the calibre of player that he could yet become. Yeah, and if some of our newer listeners aren't quite familiar with uh, redshirting, it's when a coach keeps a college athlete out of university competition for a year in order to develop the athlete's skill and therefore extend their period of playing eligibility because you just get that four years in college. So, I mean, he's he's good to go. I think he really just wants to crack on this year. And to hear him say that he wants to not only just step on the field, but he wants to make a difference when he steps on the field was excellent. I think, you know, obviously we as a podcast are very focused on looking at things from a Scottish point of view. And to be honest, we couldn't have landed this at a better time. (laughs) We've never had a a greater vein of content than we have at the moment between David, between Jamie and like you say, from Cam, who we'll be hearing from very shortly. You know, we've had Scotsmen playing in arena football for the first time. We've got a Scotsman, um, a guy who's brought up in Scotland, absolutely, as his own words, identifies he is Scottish. Um, He's going into college to play one of the best college teams. And we've got Jamie, who, of course, is with the Browns. You know, great content. But I think the thing for me is all three of them talk about how much they want to do Scotland proud. And I don't think we can get it over enough how proud we are of them and everything that they've achieved. I think it's fantastic. I mean, I love anybody who's prepared to, you know, take a risk, to gamble, to go for things. I mean, 
you know, I mean, David Ajabo, what a story he, he'll have to tell. If none of them make it to the highest echelons of the sport, and we obviously hope they do, what stories that they'll have to tell. And also, you know, they'll have given it their all. They'll know that they have given it. Because speaking to all three in the interviews that we've had with them is they are all not saying, well, I've made it, I've got to this level. They all want to do more. They all realize that this is a golden, golden opportunity and they want to make it all the way. Well, the one man who has definitely made it so far is Cam Craig, who went over to play in the Arena League. He, of course, the backstory, he had his offer from Vegas not work out. He got the opportunity to go and play with the Carolina Havoc. We caught with him as well, and this is what he had to say. So we heard from David Ojabo earlier on, and now we're hearing from a Scotsman who's just finished his first professional season over there in the US, joined once again by Cameron Craig. Good evening, Cam. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Thanks for joining us once again. Now, Cam, the last time we spoke to you, you were about to make your debut for the Carolina Havoc. How have things gone for you since then? Yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah, well, thanks again for having me again. Um, the uh, the debut went fantastically well. Um, I felt I felt as if I had prepared well with the team. Um, this was going back now, um, probably March, March, late March, I think. Um, against Jensen Beach, where I made my debut um, for the team, um, it was good. It was really good to finally get out there and, and put the you know the months of hard work to practice, from practice to to, to a real game situation. Um, I feel as if it was a fantastic learning experience for me playing that game, um, and then the and then a, a following game and, and later on in the season, um, and it was you know it was so different to. To what I would expect, what I would expect, um, it, it's 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 much faster. Um, everything's much louder, um, but uh, I, I absolutely loved it. And obviously, we managed to get the win in, in, in both of the games um, that I did I did play with the team. So um, that's always a bonus. Absolutely, and ultimately, the Havoc went on to win the Atlantic Division, which is great, especially for you in your first season to be part of a division-winning team. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was really proud when we when we uh, won the Atlantic Division. Um, that was a, a massive step for us, especially considering we, you know, we we've been in a new a new city and a new area this year. Um, I feel as if the, you know, I feel as if um, Anton Yarbrough absolutely, you know, um, d- did a fantastic job as a head coach, and I feel as if the team um, gelled from a bunch of guys to a real close knit group of group of friends almost. Um, when you're living day in and day out together, it's very difficult not to do that. And uh, and I think we did very very well. We just unfortunately we came up a little bit short in um, in the semi-finals of the playoffs um, up at Charlotte. But uh, but you know we we live and learn, and um, and it's on to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Up against the energy there in that one, it was a close game though for you to go out on. You know, um, it, clearly there's a couple of really strong sides in the whole setup. And ultimately, they go on to the final, but that just gives you that chip on the shoulder now for next year. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you know the the energy for us were um, kind of a thorn in our side through through a lot of the season. Um, we played them in the regular season; they were the only team we lost to um, in the regular season. Um, and I felt as if I felt as if uh, we, we we just couldn't quite. Just couldn't quite get it to get it just right. We, we made significant improvements from the first time we played them in the season, um, and then we, we we gave them a, a much a much closer game um, in in the rematch in the playoffs. 
um, a game I feel we, we could have won. Uh, I feel as if the talent level of our team is is um, absolutely fantastic, really, when you've got, you know, people from the, you know, people like Richard Carter and Martel Moore who played in the NFL. Um, and you've got people who went to Division One colleges in the offensive line and um, EMCC from Last Chance U and players, players featuring Don there that are playing for us. You know, I feel as if we did have a fantastic talent level. I just feel... Um, the energy just with a better team on the night and that's all that's all you can really say about that one really yeah no absolutely and 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 you didn't quite make it to the final but like we say hopefully one for next year but let's talk about the whole journey because you know when we spoke to you back in march you're about to make your debut your family were coming out to see you hopefully in that game you've you've mm-hmm. had them clearly on social media you say you've obviously built a strong team but you've clearly made friends out there as well how would you describe the whole experience um, how would I describe the whole experience? Uh, genuinely, I'm, I mean, amazing comes to mind firstly because, you know, for for me just to be given the opportunity to to experience it um, out, out out in the out in the states as well, particularly is is uh, has been amazing um, and fantastic. And you know, there's so many people to thank for that um, in terms of who you know people who've helped me there. Um, but the the it's just been a massive learning experience. It's been the quickest, the quickest, uh, the quickest career 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 increase in football knowledge um, in six in the space of six months. The amount I've learnt out here um, has been fantastic, and I feel as if my my actual development in the game has um, exceeded even what I thought I was capable of at this point. Um, and there's still a lot of room for improvement. So um, I think it's been a fantastic season. Um, getting to know Florence, where, where the team is based, um, has been great. Going to events, speaking at high schools in front of kids, and um, going to charitable local events and all this kind of thing, like living the living the life. Really, um, it's been amazing. And having, you know, the experience of having little kids come up to you and ask for photos and autographs and all that kind of thing is fantastic too it's it's almost it's, it almost feels like a dream after a while and, and it, it's it's funny when you start to get used to it again and then you think oh i've got to go home now shortly <laughs> and then but uh but it's been fantastic for sure and you obviously touched on the pace of the game you said how loud it was you know you've grown as a player and as a human being just based on some of the stuff that you know again from social media we've seen you involved in um, what would you say has been the single biggest takeaway from this whole experience? Single biggest takeaway? I would probably say that what I've learnt about everything everything that football encompasses in terms of um, how, I mean, you really, you really think you understand how big American football is over here, but when you actually play it, it actually provides a... a a huge amount of support for a local community in a local area and it means a lot more to to people than you realize you know it's a family thing it's um something that kids can look up to um and you know it's taken deadly seriously it's taken deadly seriously and um i think the learning about how especially especially at the arena game because arena teams tend to focus the to focus the location in sort of um, smaller smaller areas of, of cities or, or um, states and try really try hard to get a community um, community spirit community involvement um, within the team and it's funny when you see a new team 
enter a new city um, and you're a new player and you're not even from the US, how quickly how quickly they uh, how quickly they kind of latch on to and want to support want to support something so um, so new and so fresh to an area. And I think the biggest takeaway for me for me out here has definitely been um, the, how how truly how truly big football football is over here, even at this level. And you know that's encouraging for me. And um, you know how part how how truly important it is for people. Um, I actually think is the biggest takeaway for me, and how it can how it can motivate younger kids and um, the impact it has on the younger generation as well. I think is really important too. Absolutely. And of course, being a Scotsman playing over there in America, you're not just showing this to the local community of um, the Carolina teams, but also to players, young players here in Scotland. You know, you could, you're the, the beacon of hope in the sense that, you know, people that are playing the game in the UK can have a career in football in America. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, it's not, um, you know, it's something anyone can have, you know, um, it's something you know. No one can. No one can tell you you can't do something just because of where you're from or whatever. Whatever other um, you know, whatever other hurdles in life you have to you have to cross to, to get somewhere. You can absolutely do it. And even for me, you know, it's um, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not through with where I want to be yet. I want to go and do bigger and better things that you know I might even look at and think, oh, there's a few hurdles in the way. But you've just got to keep. If you really want something, you can absolutely do it. And the game in the UK is is uh, is bigger than people realise as well. You know, I've even been educating people over here, some of the players and stuff, um, about how big, you know, British American football actually is. Um, all the different league structures we have and the national teams and, you know, people in the Premiership and all the different divisions and the university game and uni ball and all that kind of thing. And then in Europe itself. And, it, you know, it makes it makes players and coaches and teams want to look, want to look that side of the pond too, to... To have a look at the talent, um, which is quite important, it's, it's something I find I feel is quite important. Oh, absolutely! Now, obviously, the one other thing about being a Scotsman that we have to ask is what Scottishisms have you added to the Carolina Havoc? <laughs> um, I think whiskey is one of them. Absolutely, um, <laughs> I think whiskey's. I think whiskey's been one of them. Certainly, with the team, you know, you're in the south, so they know all about the the bourbons and and things like that. Anyway, so. Um, introducing them to, you know, Glenn Fiddick or whatever it might be, um, has certainly been uh, has, has certainly been one of them, um, and just little sayings as well. It's quite funny all the guys that, you know, if you call someone or oh, your wee pal or something and you forget, you know, after a couple of drinks and you've got some some guy from, you know, my my my, my uh, roommate CJ Kane, who was at Catawba College and. Brought up in the south, and when you hear a, a guy with a southern accent say "my wee pal," it's quite um, it's quite funny. And then of course everyone, and then of course, and then of course everyone starts saying it. Um, but you know, those are the ones I can speak of anyway. But but, um, but there's been there's been a few examples certainly. Brilliant, absolutely superb. Right, let's finish this up then with the key question: What happens from here? What's the goal moving forward? The goal moving forward is to keep playing um, in, in, in what I feel is the best path for me. And for me right now, obviously, the target, you know, the dream when I first got the offer to play in 
well originally Vegas and then I hear was that I was I really wanted to make the, the CFL, the AFL, um, or obviously the NFL. And for me, there's a few there's a few options right now bubbling away for next season. I have been offered a, an extension with the Carolina Havoc um, for next season, um, so that is certainly certainly on the radar. Um, there's a few, I've had a few other offers from teams in the GFL and the German league um, that I um, I'm, I'm in talks with as well. Um, and then I'll I'll make a decision probably close to Christmas. Um, but certainly, you know, I know the game in Germany um, is uh, is progressing, particularly in the GFL one, where I know the CFL have got a new partnership um, arranged with them now as well to start looking at the talent. So, I mean, there's loads of different areas. You know, part of me also wants to come back here as well. So, um, I'm in a very I'm in a good situation really where I can um, sort of make make a decision based on what's offered to me, and um, I'll take a bit of time. Um, when I go home and catch up with family, I go home in about 10 days, 11 days, and then spend some much needed time at home and then have a think about everything. And um, I'll certainly be playing and I'll certainly be playing professionally. Um, but it's just about where where's going to be the next step for me, really. And I'm quite excited for it. Absolutely. And this, like you say, you're in that perfect position where you've got offers in front of you. And listen, we in Scotland have loved hearing about your story so far. This is only the start of your journey and we can't wait to see what else is coming down the line for you, Cam. So congratulations on everything that you've achieved. Thank you for joining us here on the NFL Scotland podcast and we cannot wait to hear what's up next for you. Thank you so much. and The, the support's been incredible and, uh, and thank, you, thank you again to everyone who's, who's been supportive to me in Scotland as well. It means the world. Thank you. Absolutely. You've made Scotland proud, Cam. Thank you. Thank you. So, Paul, the season perhaps didn't finish on the high note that Cam was looking for. But again, to make it to the semi-finals in his first year. And at the end, I think the most important thing is to be talking about the offers that he's got. You know, he could very well end up back in Carolina at the Havoc. But he might have other opportunities there as well. Again, that only shows how much of a success he's been since he's gone over there. It's tremendous. And again, it's the work ethic that comes through. He realises the chance that he's got. And he's made the most of it. You know, he's gotten into the the american culture but he's also you know firmly stating that he's scottish and has a little bit of fun with that and sometimes you need something that just makes you stand out that little bit and if you want to play on that scottish element then good on you because people think there's the scots guy you know and i think that's a great thing and no better way to do that than introduce them to some fine scotch some whiskey some single malt and that's (laughs) going to win you favor all over the world well, it's, it's somebody who likes the smell of whiskey, but not the taste. I can understand <laughs> um, what he's doing. Uh, however, I do like the smell and taste of Iron Brew, so I think that should be next. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll make sure that Cam introduces that the next time he's with those guys. But once again, you know, thanks to both of those guys. Really great to catch up with them. Uh, we'll definitely be checking in with David again as the season starts to kick off. And we'll be keeping up to date with Cam to find out what the next stages of his journey are. Uh, it's been fascinating so far to follow these guys you know from speaking to David when he was first getting all the offers going through the process of selecting Michigan now he's talking about playing from Cam who had you know the the opportunity in Vegas fall down the other opportunity came up he went out not only did he go and make the roster he then played played an important part of winning the division and going on into the playoffs and then obviously we've we've got Jamie who we spoke to last time and we've got everything that's going on with him so it's really exciting three great stories and like you say Paul amazing uh, opportunity 
opportunity for all three of them. Amazing life-changing experiences and, you know, just wish them all the very best. Yeah, they're growing all the time and I look forward to speaking to all three of them again in the next few months. Now, at the top of the show, we touched on the fact that we're not going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. And the reason that we nodded to that is because this is the time of year where traditionally the sort of the lower dregs of content start to get wheeled out. Paul, I know you're a fan of this sort of stuff. It's quite funny. A couple of years ago, I was in Florida and the cable TV that we had had the NFL network. And just switching it on and watching, and you talked about, you know, the top toilets. There, there was a segment on toilets, <laughs> and you're thinking, well, not literally taking the piss, but it, it is that, that it is that kind of thing. Now, to, to go on a little reminisce, I mean, if you've been around Scottish stadiums, for example, Tynecastle, um, when I was growing up, I mean, they didn't really have toilets as such. You just saw the urine flowing down the steps. Um, of the terraces because people couldn't be bothered going to the toilet. So you could argue facilities are important. Um, you but could I'm also not... argue that Tancastle is indeed a toilet, as many people from other teams have suggested in Scotland. They have suggested it, but it's been refuted. I think um, <laughs> I'm not going to. I've got an after dinner uh, piece about Easter Road, but I'm not going there. <laughs> I'll keep that for another day. Um, but it, it, it is, they seem to go through this ridiculous level of trying to find, and that's where production staff just start pulling their hair out. You know, who's got the best T-shirt? Uh, where's the best barbecue near a ground? There's all of these kind of things, and it's just, it must be the most dispiriting time of year. If I was working for the NFL Network, and I have to tell you, I'm available if they want me, uh, I would take July off. Right, yes, I think so, and it would be a wise move. Um, the one that's caught my attention uh, is, I don't know if you've seen this as well, is Yahoo Sports have done an article on the top-ranked fans in the NFL. So they've basically done their power rankings, where the Cowboys are on top with the Patriots at second, Eagles at third, whilst at the bottom end of the table, you've got the Titans in 30th, the Chiefs in 31st, and the Rams in 32nd. Now, um, an interesting approach being taken here. They, they basically break it down on three criteria, which is fan equity, social equity, and road equity. So fan equity is how well the fans back up their words with dollars. Social equity is a team's social media reach. And road equity measures how well a team draws on the road, adjusting for a team performance. Um, but as fans of sport, Paul, there's an awful lot more to being a great fan base than fan equity, social equity, and road equity. There is that X factor, that unspoken extra value about those fans that just keep travelling to see their team no matter what. Um, the Browns need to have a special mention, I think, in this one. They find themselves at 27th on this list. But by the very fact they've still got full houses of people turning up from time to time, they deserve better than 27th. Yeah, I mean, th this seems to have been done by the same people who said Hillary Clinton had a 100% chance of being elected. <laughs> um, I mean, th this is just nonsense. I mean, I, I, I've, got it, I've got it here as well, and I've been reading through it, and I'm just thinking, you have got to be kidding me. I mean, if you take social media, yes, I mean, they reckon what, there's about 15% of Americans on Twitter, for example. Now, I know you get Instagram and other things, but, you know, so the social media aspect, while we see it a lot because we subscribe to it, I'm not sure that a vast majority of people of a, of a team see their social media site. Um, I think it's all about 
the support. I mean, Eagles fans, I mean, if you were to go and get a couple of Eagles players and say, look, you know, see when you're being beaten at home by Washington and you're having a bad day and the fans are just glowing because of the social equity that you provide and therefore don't give you a hard time on the field. I'm not sure that's how it works in Philadelphia. No, indeed. Um, so I think we can put this down as more preseason piffle. I think that's what we call this. Preseason piffle at its finest. See, I like that. That that should be our our next uh, tweet. We want more preseason piffle. Uh, what what is it that annoys you the most about the the preseason? I mean, the other, the things that annoy me. I mean, you look at you know young quarterback coming in and for the next little while you get well they were looking great in training camp but they're going to tell you it's going to take a while um you know to get up to speed well yeah water is wet as well you know we've, we've got a rough idea of these things it's just all the things that you, you you seem to get going i mean i'm actually more interested in your 49ers at the moment so you can answer this what on earth is going on with the kicking oh. in San Francisco and Robbie Gold and it's it's just this is nuts that's going on. Um, you know, I don't get the fact that the 49ers so want Robbie Gould back. I mean, just go and get a decent kicker. It just I think this is just nuts. And the Bears, yeah, 49ers and Gould have until July the 15th to strike a long-term solution. But unless the veteran is playing an impressive negotiating game, we have no idea what's going on here. This, this is nuts. I think that Robbie Gould wanted to go back to Chicago, and I think there's no denying that. Um, he His family's there, and he, he, he's come out and said that family is the most important thing for him. Um, it's an interesting one because, you know, you've got to look at the talent that's available at Free Agent to, to understand um, who we could possibly go and get. Um, there's not really anybody that I can think of off the top of my head that's available at the moment that would be a great player to go and get. Um, but, but, yeah, it's better to have someone that's at least hopefully going to turn up than not have a kicker. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I think the problem with this one is that Robbie Gould was so consistently good for the Niners last year that in what was a difficult season, you want to at least keep a hold of those um, players that were worth keeping. So you got to do everything that you possibly can to try and persuade him to spend more time in San Francisco. And if there's even a remote chance of that happening, I'm okay with them chasing that down. As long as there's a plan B. The worry will be if we get towards the season, there's no plan B, and then you end up with a kicker coming in last minute and you're you're struggling to find someone who can hit things consistently. The one thing I'd say about the kickers is, I guess, you know, the the playbook is less relevant when you're a kicker. You can move from one team to the other and pretty much slot in and go. So you have not necessarily need to have someone in over that whole preseason for anything other than just to get them used to their new teammates. Um, if there's any position you want someone to come in and just kick the ball over the, the goalpost, you know, any kicker can do it. But yeah, the, the, there's always a couple of these stories. There's always a couple of players holding out. Uh, and I'll be honest, I hope that they can find a resolution. I hope to see Robbie Gould kicking for the Niners again next season. 
Yeah, franchise tagged, which which is quite interesting. If we dial it on to my Saints, I mean, Cam Jordan has got a new deal, restructured deal. I think that's great news for them. He's wanting them to sign up Michael Thomas pretty quickly as well. I mean, it's the business side as well, isn't it? All the salary cap maneuverings and minutiae that we don't always get to hear about, but it's always interesting to see teams playing with that. And some people are quite happy to have their contract restructured and and some simply aren't they just want to hold on to the money one other thing i wanted to talk about was that the nfl uk are having an event in london at the start of july which looks kind of impressive um with not one not two and i won't go through them all but nine players coming over yeah that is quite a cast of stars coming over they're making a big plug for this and actually there's a little bonus game that you can play as part of the nfl scotland podcast because we've got our very own edition of where's the wally um if you go and have a look at the nfl.com website there's a big picture from the event that took place in Edinburgh. and ian stephen a member of the nfl scotland podcast team is actually visible in that photo so so prizes for anyone that can spot the Wally. Um, we're not going to give you any clues. You can go and do your own research. Uh, but he's bald and he's an Eagles fan. That's all you're getting. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. Um, great to see that the NFL UK are doing these events. I think they're brilliant. Um, you know, we regularly hear from people that they love them coming back. I think hopefully that'll help uh, carry back some favour with maybe some fans that have been a bit disgruntled about the ticket situation. Obviously, that's as much down to Ticketmaster as anything. So um, NFL UK, great to be putting on a show. I'm just very jealous that I can't be there. Yeah, I mean, if you could get cheap flights and get down there, it would be fantastic. I'm currently looking at the Where's Wally picture as well. I'm in the very, very back of that somewhere, but I think I'm on a blurry, too blurry. You would need to blow it up an awful lot. Uh, but good on them for doing that. I think that's, that's great. Uh, the other thing that caught my eye was a little bit about the television. Now, I've looked into this and the NFL have walked it back slightly. But what they're saying is that they're going to try and allow more games to be shown over terrestrial television so the example i can give you that if dallas were playing the panthers at one o'clock in texas um that would be shown on fox as the nfc broadcaster if cbs were at the same time showing the dolphins against the patriots that would be blocked out in texas because the cowboys were playing so what they're saying is that there's no need for this now, um, and they're going to start to unblock some of these games. They initially said they were going to do it for the whole season. Now some of the places I've read, they're going to try and do it for a couple of games in a season. And it's basically, I think, just to give you know people a little bit more choice. They recognise that you don't always live in your home state, and anything that gives you a little bit more choice about what you watch is a good thing. They reckon, and the only reason Cameron will be doing it is they reckon they'll be able to increase audiences. Increasing audience means increasing revenue from advertising. So I think that they're kind of clever about trying to do that. Yeah, I think as a lot of this content becomes more and more available online, the the risk that they run with this as well is that in the day and age of VPN networks and things like that, if somebody really wants to get around that block, they'll find a way to get around the block. So do you know what? Why not just make it available and get them paying the money for the... The, 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 I can't speak, the game that they want to actually see, um, yeah. rather than forcing people to find alternative methods to see their team in action. And that just keeps it all above board, makes people engage with the product. And then these, so things like um, Game Pass or Sunday Ticket as you get in the States, that's your one-stop shop to watch all your NFL action. You don't need to look anywhere else. 
Exactly. I mean, if, you know, for example, if Dallas against the Panthers was a blowout after three quarters, you know, if you could turn over and watch the Dolphins Patriots, it keeps you engaged. It keeps you there. So I think that's a pretty good idea. The other thing I should say is that the NFL are possibly with the NBA absolutely shit hot when it comes to blocking streams, stopping streams. You know, they, they really put the money at that to try and protect. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber, they really do try to protect you. All the games are available on radio via TuneIn. Um, you used to be able to pick them up across various places legally um, by, by tuning into various places. They've stopped that as well. So they really do protect the product uh, the NFL, the NBA have also been quite aggressive this year. So I think that's pretty good. If you subscribe to something, you want the benefit and don't want somebody just picking up the games that, you know, because they've got a little bit more tech savvy than you, perhaps. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, a couple of other things that have been catching our attention. Now, one thing that I've been lamenting for a while now, and we've discussed this before, are the Cincinnati Bengals and their problems with injury. Um, obviously, that struck again already. If they've lost their first-round pick, Jonah Williams, offensive tackle. Looks like he's going to miss the entire 2019 season with a left shoulder, uh, and he is going to need injury. Uh, sorry, he's going to need surgery for that injury. So the Bengals' injury curse continues. See, I, I, I just think that this this is utterly horrendous. You know, you've got, you know, a first-round pick. It's something that gives you energy. It gives you drive. I mean, if I was their mascot who's called Who Day, I mean, I'd be worried I was going to get injured at some point. You know, I mean, that's the kind of luck that they've got. They'll, they'll probably lose their mascot to injury uh, two days before the season due to a bruised paw or something like that. <laughs> We've also not talked about the fact that the Raiders have been selected for hard knocks. Isn't that brilliant? Now, I think we said that a few episodes ago, that that was really the only path that you could take. I think the only other one would have been, given the draft, the Giants, just to see the quarterback controversy, if there was any. Uh, but I think the Giants would have handled that. I think because they're coming to the UK... Um, I'm certainly going to see them. I know you are as well. It just gives you that added interest. I cannot wait for that series of hard knocks. I think it will really let us get to know the Raiders. And by the time they come to London, you'll feel that, you know, you've got a good sense of who they are. I think that the one thing that's happened for me out of all of these hard knocks is you feel something for the team. You do build a bond slightly with some of the players, with some of the coaches. You might not it's not going to stop you supporting your team. It's not going to make you support that team that's in hard knocks. But, you know, certainly my opinion of Baker Mayfield last year changed considerably. Um, actually, my opinion of Jarvis Landry changed quite a lot. And suddenly these players that are behind the helmets suddenly become much more humanised to you and you get to get about the character. So it's a really good way for the Raiders to build um, some affinity to the players on the field. They've gone through massive change. They're about to go through a massive move down to Las Vegas. So even with that in mind, you might get the people in Vegas starting to watch that right away. And if they can, you know, if the Raiders players and coaches and um sort of senior officials can come across in a likeable fashion, it's a great way for them to start building affinity in their new market. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, I mean, I really felt for Dick Cotter uh, of, of the Tampa Bay Bucks. He just, to me, came across as a really nice guy. Um, a little bit unlucky with injuries. Perhaps he wasn't strong enough in certain areas, but it, it, that empathy does develop. And I think 
in life itself, when you get to know people, when you get to understand people better, there's always that more natural um, affinity to people. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, one thing that we need to do is give a little bit of a shout out back because the wonderful people at Thirst and Goal podcast over in California gave us a lovely shout out on their podcast recently. They were doing a taste testing of scotch, as they call it, whiskey. So bourbon was not invited, um, but they do that regularly on their podcast. Gave us a lovely shout out and then um, we thank them, guys. You know, um, if you're listening to this, uh, go and check them out. Absolutely, please do. They're a good bunch, and to the guys at Thirsting Go, we'll try and get you some iron brew because you need to try that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I know we're almost finished, but we, we talked about we weren't going to go down the route of talking about horrible things, which they do on the NFL Network at this time. But something I didn't know coming into today, um, because I, I was looking up the, the Cincinnati mascot name, did you know that the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot. Do you know the the name of the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot? Jackson Deville. I mean that that who who came up with that? That's <laughs> awful. That is truly <laughs> truly awful. That is horrible. Um, uh, for double you know, points, can you name the UK mascot that they have? Oh, is that uh, Jacksonville nil? Ah. Uh. <laughs> right, Jacksonville Jags fan. That's uh, Paul Mitchell um, uh, on Twitter as Paul Mitchell. Um, let him know your thoughts. Uh, Union Jacks. Oh, very clever. Yeah, see, that was. That was but yeah, no, um, I can't believe that I know even the Jacksonville Jaguar mascots. That's a worrying state of affairs. <laughs> I just wouldn't have admitted it. Like, you know, it really is as simple as that. I, I would not have. I have gone with that in its thing, but yeah, perhaps on some other podcast we we might um, we might talk about you know mascots. But I mean, you've got you know Billy Buffalo, which is just unbelievable. Um, Toro, Indianapolis Colts. I love their mascot name. It's called Blue. It took them a long time to come up with that. Uh, Pat Patriot, which is apparently illegal in most states. <laughs> 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 and, um, you know, Staley the Bear from Chicago Bears, named after the original team, the Decatur Staley's, which which I think is is pretty pretty good. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys is rowdy. The Green Bay Packers don't have a mascot, neither do the New York Giants. But the best name, and I've got to give it to your team when it comes to naming mascots, the San Francisco Forty ers Do you want to do the honors or will I? I don't actually know this one. <laughs> Shocking. Sure, you do not know this. No. I'm, I'm going to the States. If I can bring you one back, I will. He's called Sourdough Sam. Oh, now, do you know what? I did know that. That just escaped my memory. As soon as you say it, I'm like, yes, of course it is Sourdough Sam, which is brilliant. Um, the, of course, San Francisco Sourdough, of course, the two things go together. The only problem is the team don't play in San Francisco. So well, that's, a, that's a side note. That's a side <laughs> note. And that's another one for another pod. Um, so, yeah, right. Uh, time to wrap things up then just before we go though uh, this will be our last podcast for a couple of weeks we last year we took most of July off and this year we're doing exactly the same I think a well-deserved break Paul for you and me. I, I, well for, for, for us both I mean to think about it we have now reached this is episode 56 yeah. of the NFL Scotland podcast I mean that, that it's, it's pretty impressive I think we, we've come a long way 
love the interaction with everybody who follows us and people who come to our events and things like that. So keep listening. We're loving it. Yeah, absolutely. And with your diva schedule, it's really hard. I'm, I'm impressed we've made it to 56. Honestly, you've no <laughs> idea how hard it is to get some weeks. It's a nightmare. Um, but a couple of things just to remind you about. We do have that week one live event taking place at the Golf Tavern on Sunday, the 8th of September. More details of that will be out shortly. We'll still be on Twitter over July, so we'll share any news on that as it's coming up. The Golf have confirmed us as well. They'll want to be once again be having their NFL Red Zone uh, in Edinburgh every single Sunday so it remains the place in Edinburgh to go and watch NFL next season if you've not been along to watch the NFL there do come along uh, I believe from speaking to the manager there they're even looking to add a couple of extra TVs this year so it's going to be even better than it was before and the wings there are tremendous Oh, the food there is is first class. Seriously, September the 8th, get it in your diary. We'll be there 4, 4.30, something like that, before the games kick off at 6 o'clock. Get that in your diary. Make sure you're in Edinburgh, and uh, we'll love to see you. Just as well, um, to, to finish up, we're going to confirm once again, we're going to be having our Pick'em competition again. We discussed this a couple of pods ago. We last year gave a prize out to the winner, which I think was Stephen Jap that won the whole thing. Um, this year we'll be giving a prize out to the person that picks the best over the whole season. We'll also be giving out one prize to, en- well, basically anybody that plays every week will go into a draw and one person will be drawn from that. I think you called it the Participation Award. The participation medal, we yeah. do like that. Well, we'll give you a prize for participating because that's the politically correct thing to do nowadays. We're st- yeah, indeed. We're still working on our prize for that, but it's going to be a good one. So make sure that you keep your eyes out for that one. All the details will be coming soon. But that concludes everything then for episode 56. We hope you've enjoyed listening. And again, we'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Scotland NFL. Thanks to all of you who've been listening, sharing and chatting about the podcast. The numbers continue to grow every week. Please do keep sharing this podcast with all your NFL friends and let us know what you think. As we said, this was our last pod for a couple of weeks and we're going to take a well-earned summer break. We'll definitely be back at the end of July as we begin the kickoff of our previews for the 2019 season. Have a great July. Enjoy your holidays if you're on them. But until then, bye for now.